0: Our second reading comes to us from the book of Esther, chapter 4, verses 1 through 14. When Mordecai learned all that had been done, Mordecai tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went through the city, wailing with a loud and bitter cry. He went up to the entrance of the king's gate, for no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. In every province, wherever the king's command and his decree came, There was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting and weeping and lamenting, and most of them lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's maid and her eunuchs came and told her, the queen was deeply distressed. She sent garments to clothe Mordecai so that he might take off his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther called for Hathok, one of the king's eunuchs, who had been appointed to attend her. And ordered him to go to Mordecai to learn what was happening. Hathok went to Mordecai in the open square of the city. Front of the king's gate. And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him. And the exact sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries. For the destruction of the Jews. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree. Issued in Susa for their destruction. That he might show it to Esther. Explain it to her. And charge her to go to the king without supplication to him and entreat him for her people. Hathok went to Esther and told her what Mordecai had said. Then Esther spoke to Hathok and gave him a message for Mordecai saying, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law, all alike are to be put to death. Only if the king holds out the golden scepter to someone, may that person live. I myself have not been called to come into the king for 30 days. When they told Mordecai what Esther had said, Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if he keeps silence at such a time as this, Relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another quarter, but you and your father's family will perish. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to royal dignity for such a time as this. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we've come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. Friends, I'm going to stay up here this morning just because I'm going to be editing on the fly, trying to to cut it down a little bit. I I very much enjoyed Steve coming and telling us about Champ House. He had a wonderful story to tell. Um, But that was more of a novella than a short story. Uh, So, um, which again, it was a wonderful story to tell. Uh, I want to start by sharing with you two stories from the news that I've heard in the past week. The first takes place in the Catalina Islands. Two x-ray technicians from Arkansas went on vacation together and they decided to try snorkeling. And while they were swimming, they saw a man drowning. They immediately hopped into action. They pulled him above onto the boat and began to do CPR on them as they were trained as x-ray technicians and did CPR for 15 minutes until the shore, the boat reached the shore. And because they were there and able to reach out to him so quickly, they were able to save his life. The second story comes from the suburbs of Chicago where Tim Abinati was working on his lawnmower in his driveway. And out of nowhere, he turned blue, fell over. At that moment, two of his neighbors were walking by. One of them had just been trained in CPR through her work at Hewlett Packard and immediately sprang to action. And because of her actions, Tim is still alive this day. We've all heard stories like this. We've, some of us have experienced stories like this on a greater scale or a smaller scale. But today, as we look at biblical heroes, I wanted to point out one heroic trait is sometimes being in the right time or in the right place at the right time. We've all heard stories such as these of someone who just happens to be there. Happens to be passing by, happens to be at a restaurant where a tragedy happens, happens to be in the place to spring to action and to save someone or help someone. And we see this in our two scripture readings today. We see Philip, who's called by the spirit to a certain road. And there he observes an Ethiopian eunuch sitting in his chariot, reading the scriptures And Philip goes over there and Philip, who had traveled with Christ, who had heard Christ's teachings, who'd studied the scriptures, asks him, do you even understand what you're reading? And that could be a humbling moment, could be mean, meant to demean him, to demoralize him. But the eunuch responds perfectly, says, no, I, I don't have anyone to teach it to me. Come sit with me. And they begin to sit and talk about the scriptures together. And Philip begins to tell him about Christ and the good news of the gospel. Just then they happen to be passing by a body of water. And the eunuch says, look, there's a lake. What's to stop me from being baptized? And Philip's answer was nothing. So they went into the water and Philip baptized the eunuch. And the eunuch went on telling this story and telling of his conversion in Christ through all the towns he went to. And this happened because Philip was in the right place at the right time. Esther's story is a little bit more in depth. Esther's name, as she was born, was Hadessa. Hadessa, a good Jewish name. But then King Xerxes had his wife killed and had. Basically, a pageant to select his new wife. And Mordecai, Esther's uncle, got her trained, prettied her up, got makeup, a nice dress, entered her into the pageant, and she was selected to be Xerxes' wife. And she was one of many wives. As the days went by, Mordecai went on his life, and he did something to upset Haman, the king's advisor. Now, Haman was close to the king, so he tricked Xerxes into passing a decree that all Jews should be put to death because they worship someone other than Xerxes. So our passage opens with Mordecai and all the Jews throughout the land in mourning, putting on sackcloth and ashes, wailing and weeping because they knew that their end was soon. But then Mordecai went to the king's gate and sent for the queen sent for his niece, Esther. Now, Esther had fallen out of favor of the king, not for anything that he did, but when you have over 200 wives, you can only pay so much attention to anyone at any given time. And Mordecai called for Esther and said, tell her what has happened. Tell her the Jews are to be put to death. Tell her that her husband, the king, can stop this. That she should go to them and ask, that he spare them? Esther responded, well, he's in his inner chamber and I haven't been sent for for 30 days. And if I were to go without being sent for, I'd surely be put to death. Mordecai responded, if you do nothing. Someone else will act and the Jews will be saved. But you and your father's household will not be. Maybe you've been put in this position for such A time as this. If we continued reading, we'd see that Esther did go to King Xerxes, did ask him to to spare the Jews, and Xerxes did. And in fact, Haman, his uh, advisor, ended up being put to death for his trickery in the role of this. She was in such a time for such a time as this. She was in the right place at the right time. So if a hero of trait is sometimes being in the right place at the right time. How's that something I could preach about? How is that something we can control if we just happen to be in the right place at the right time? We can control what we do, but we can't control what happens around us. We can't control what other people do. The two x-ray technicians couldn't help that the man was drowning They hopefully didn't cause that. If so, they left it out of the news story. The neighbors walking couldn't help that Tim had a heart attack and collapsed on his driveway just as they were walking by. But what we can control is ourselves. And both Esther and Philip's story point to something greater than themselves. Philip's story starts with the spirit of the Lord called Philip To go to this road. The passage about Esther ends with perhaps God puts you in a position for such a time as this. So to be in the right place at the right time. First we have to pay attention to where God is calling us in our lives. We have to pay attention to where God has placed us. We have to pay attention to our surroundings. To what is going on. Someone who served as a mentor as I was going through the ordination process of mine, Cindy Benz, was talked about once she was on vacation and she saw a woman running up and down frantically because her friend was drowning in the ocean and she was looking for her friend. Together they ran looking and they never found him. But Cindy was there to sit with her throughout the night. To comfort her. To be a calming presence. Cindy paid attention to where God had placed her. It's also important to pay attention to what God has been doing in our lives. To how God has been lifting us up. Both the x-ray technicians and the neighbor passing by had been trained in CPR. And they paid attention to their surroundings and saw the people in need. Philip saw the eunuch reading the Bible, reading scriptures in his chariot. Esther paid attention to Mordecai when he told them what was befalling the Jews. We have to be aware of our surroundings, aware of what's going on around us. Otherwise, someone might be in need and we could just pass by. And finally, we need to be aware of how God has worked in our lives Previously. The x-ray technicians were aware of their medical training. The neighbor was aware of their CPR training. Philip was aware of his training at the feet of Christ as he traveled and learned following him. And his training in the early church surrounded by the other disciples. And Mordecai forced Esther to be aware of her placement in a position of power and prominence as one of the queens, as someone who could easily have the king's ear. We have to be aware about where God has placed us, what is going on, and how God has previously worked in our lives. How many of you have ever heard the phrase, pulling a Bradbury? This is an actual phrase. I'd never heard it until I started uh, working on this sermon. It comes from Australia. It's based on a speed Olympics... Olympic speed skater Stephen Bradbury. And the person talking about this is like, I know, I'm talking about a winter sport from a country where there are no, is no winter. But Stephen Bradbury competed in the 2002 Winter Olympics. And he found himself in the right place at the right time. In the preliminary round, he skated his hardest and he came in third. The top two went to the semifinals. He was dejected until the second place person was disqualified and he found himself in the semifinals. In the semifinals, he knew that he was outmatched, but he skated his hardest. And as he was nearing the finish line, the three people in front of him ran into each other and fell down and he skated right past them and placed second. This put him in the finals. He was going for the gold against all odds. And he knew that every other skater was faster than him. But he thought, you know what? I'm representing my country. I'm going to try my hardest. And as the race started, the entire pack was ahead of him. He was behind by a good distance. The rest of the skaters were grouped together. And he was a good 300 feet behind them with no hopes of catching up. And then the skater from China who was in the lead, Tripped and fell and took the entire pack with him. And Bradbury skated right past them all and won gold. And that is what's known as pulling a Bradbury. Achieving something against all odds. Achieving something you should never have even thought possible to achieve through odds that you really can't control. And this is an actual Australian saying, and it goes back to Stephen Bradbury. But if you think about it, he paid attention to where he had been placed at the Winter Olympics. He paid attention to what was going around him. And he paid attention to his previous training, how God had worked in his life. And he drew on all those to go on and win the gold medal. And that's what being a hero is. A hero is finding yourself in the right place at the right time, but working to make that happen. Paying attention to where God has placed you, whether it's on a wilderness roadside where an Ethiopian eunuch is or where your neighbor it needs CPR. It's paying attention to what is going on around you, seeing the people in need, not just walking by affected on your phone, seeing what's going on on Facebook or Twitter or whatever websites you might visit on your phone, passing by people without making contact but being aware of your surroundings, being aware of the people who might be in need, who might need help. And finally, it's being aware of what God has done in your life. The ways you've been trained, the experiences you can draw from that might be able to be used to help someone. Whether it's being put in a position of power like Esther, having special training like the the x-ray technicians, or being a speed skater like Stephen. Perhaps you could just be there to be a good listener like Cindy was. But by being aware of where God has placed you, what's going on around you, and what is inside of you, you can be a hero of biblical proportions. Amen.